and welcome to Endeavor. I'm Paige. And I'm Jess. And we're glad you're here today. We're going to be talking creativity. This is such a broad topic that I don't know how we're going to do it, but We got to get tuned. creative. <laughs> <laughs> but before any of that, we need to talk about our challenge from last episode. Jess, how'd it go? Yeah, this was this was enlightening for me. Great. So last week's challenge was issued by me, and I said that we should go and look for 10 paintings that we think describe our essence or who we are visually. And it doesn't have to be paintings, actually. It could be any form of art. Mine all ended up being paintings, because I just, I felt like any form of art was so broad, I didn't even know how to start to search. <laughs> okay. So I definitely just focused on paintings. I'm just going to list a couple of them real quick. Um, they're, they're pretty self-explanatory. I don't really even know how to explain why I feel like I identify with these paintings. So hopefully if you look at them, you can just understand. My first one here is a Claude Monet. He painted several views of this park called the Parc Monceau in 1878 and Very like nice. some other some other year. So I'm going to show Paige this, but if you look up the Parc Monceau, there are going to be several versions of this painting, mm -hmm. several different views of this park. But the one that I'm referring to is of this path with these these trees overhead. And there are, it looks like there's some kind of party going on. And these people just dressed up in real classy outfits. It's a sunny, pleasant day. And it just looks so peaceful, like a party that I want to go to. And I feel like it's a party that I would be at, I was gonna considering say, I I'm, just... a very, I'm a very um, old school vintage soul. I could see you in the background of that painting. <laughs> Along the same lines is the Georges Seurat painting called A Sunday Afternoon on the Island of La Grande Jatte. And this is uh, a pretty famous painting. Yes. Um, I think that they use this a lot for the example of pointillism. Yes. Again, it's just like a, a cute little lawn party with everybody all dressed up. Another one that I really liked and felt like kind of described to me is Van Gogh's Cafe Terrace at Night. Hmm. Um, this painting feels very charming, relaxed, and there's just a feeling of contentment with a quiet and reflective sort of a nightlife. I can see myself in this painting or just sitting uh, at this cafe, just enjoying the nightlife around me. So those are three fairly famous paintings that I felt like I identified with, but then there was a particular artist that I came across where I just, I liked so many of his paintings that I didn't know how to pick between them. So his name's Daniel Gerhartz. He's an American post-war and contemporary painter, born in 1965. I was looking at all of his <laughs> paintings, and he's got several paintings of women with cats. Oh, He's my got gosh. several paintings of dancers. Mm. And let me tell you, I struggled to find paintings that were of dancers that weren't ballet dancers. There's one that I identified with. I, unfortunately, I can't find the name of it, but if you just search Daniel Gerhardt's on Google and look at images, there's, there's a painting. One of the ones that comes up is of this girl in this kind of fluffy cream colored dress that's just kind of twirling down a castle hallway Wow! and I felt I just I, uh, I feel that in my heart <laughs> and then the paintings of the of the women with cats that I really liked are called winter's warmth hmm. and in her care 
I want to be a model for one of these paintings. <laughs> so I really, I really liked this particular painter's style. I like the way that he portrays light. I just want to buy one of these paintings. Wow. <laughs> but all the ones that I liked were sold, so I don't even oh, know how much you they went for. Print. You could get a print. I could. Get a print. That's a lot cheaper. Very nice, Jess. I'm glad that you got a lot out of this challenge. All right, was... I'm eager to see your paintings. Okay, well, I'm going to keep it short because I could go on and on. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm sure you could. <laughs> so the first artist that I love all of his paintings, and they all look very similar. They kind of have a similar vibe to them, but it's a very me kind of vibe. Uh, his name is Hans Andreas Dahl, and he's a Norwegian painter famous for his painting of fjords. I saw some of these. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I am that woman <laughs> just walking around with a basket or getting into a boat. So I really love these paintings because they're just such beautiful landscapes and it's just one, it's usually one woman just walking around or sitting on a rock or carrying a bucket. It kind of sums up my yearning for adventure, just looking out over a fjord. Because most of these paintings, you can't see the woman's face. She's looking off into the distance, over the water, or into the mountains. And I really like that. It just kind of sums up that longing for adventure that I feel inside of me. The next artist that I picked, his name is Steve Hanks. And he does a lot of watercolors. And Jess, you'll appreciate this one. I don't have a name for this one, but it's by Steve Hanks. He does a lot of watercolors. This is a woman standing kind of in a doorway holding a cat. A lot of his watercolors are just of women just kind of lounging around the house, and I like that. <laughs> I like that. It's just... The opposite of what you just said about your yearning casual. for adventure. I know. <laughs> yeah, I just like that his paintings are just very intimate and casual, and they just kind of capture the light of just a leisurely day. Because I do long for adventure, but I'm also a homebody. Okay, and the last one that I'm going to share, I chose an animator. His name's Glenn Keane. This that I'm sharing with Jess right now is a short that he did. It's called Binding Light, and you can find it on YouTube, Glenn Keane Lux Binding Light. And it's just a beautiful short animation. It's very sketchy, very kind of sloppy, but just really beautiful. It's about a woman who has this light inside of her. I don't really know the context because I don't know what this video game is or whatever it's portraying, but... My impression is that it's about a woman who has this light inside of her and she's looking at it and she puts it inside of her and then she walks up a staircase and she puts on some armor and she puts on a cloak and then she walks out and there are a big mass of people there ready for battle and she gets on her horse and they just ride out together. That's all it is. I don't even need to see it to know this is you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you want to watch it really fast? Okay, I just watched it. What a boss! <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that insane? Highly recommend you guys look that up and watch it right now. It's yeah, very cool. It's really cool. He's so talented. And I just love his messy but beautiful art style. Alright, so we're going to get into our episode here. And I first have a quote to share. This is from Andy Warhol. He says, don't think about making art, just get it done. Let everyone else decide if it's good or bad, whether they love it or hate it. While they are deciding, make even more art. I like that. By Andy Warhol. 
I like that it's saying just don't worry about what the world has to say about you. Just keep doing what you're doing, and that's all that matters. All right, we are going to jump into our topic of creativity today. What we started by doing was Paige and I individually came up with our own definitions for what creativity is or what it means. And Paige, you mentioned that you adapted your definition many times. So originally, my definition for creativity was doing something that evokes an emotion. And then I started listing out several areas of creativity. I said art, music, and writing. But then I went throughout my day, or I waited like an hour or two, and I thought, wait a minute, there's a lot more to creativity than that. And the first thing that came to my mind was actually having a sense of humor, being witty or clever, mm-hmm. I think is says that you're a very creative person. So I added that to my list of ways to be creative. And then I thought to myself, there's such a thing as creative problem solving. Mm-hmm. So I thought about how... It's creative to be able to solve problems and think of ideas that someone else might not think of. And then I started thinking again, and I thought, well, (laughs) creativity at its root is creating. So my new definition was to create something from nothing. And then I thought of it as thinking outside the box, being a creative problem solver also takes being hopeful or being optimistic when there's nothing there. So creating hope from nothing. And then I decided that creativity is basically just having a deep and open mind. And that's kind of what I landed on. Okay. See, I I came up with one definition and didn't change it (laughs) because I kind of started where you ended. What I put down was that creativity is doing something in a way that's never been done before or doing something outside of the box or outside of the standard or creating something that didn't exist before, which is something that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. So I think that we tend to think of creativity at the surface as like artistic, being artistic. Right. And people tend to say, oh, I'm not creative. I'm like, if you, what is it? The left and right side of the brain, one side is the creative side and one side is the not creative side. And some people will say, oh, I'm, I'm the other side. I'm not the, I'm not creative. Mm -hmm. But I think that you're creative or you can be creative every day mm-hmm. if you, you know, live out your day in the right mindset. So what we want to start by doing is talking a little bit about the artistic side of creativity and how that shows up in our lives. I think that's what a lot of the points that Paige has written down. And then toward the end of the episode, we want to talk a little bit more about how we can how we can be creative in our everyday lives, whether that has something to do with art or not. Right. So originally, like I said, when I was coming up with the definition for creativity, I thought immediately of art, music, and writing. That was my top three. And that's pretty much because those are the three areas of creativity that I live in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I feel like I, you mentioned those three and I was like, you're missing so many. I know. Like you're missing my number one. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's just funny because that's when I think of creativity, that's what I think of. Mm-hmm. But it's so much more than that. I want to also add that something kind of off of what Jess was saying, that creativity is not something that you're necessarily born with or not. Some people think that you were talking about right and left side brains. Mm -hmm. You think that you're born creative or you're born talented or you're not. Yeah. Which is so not true. I think of creativity, it's like a muscle, just like anything else. You have to work at it. You have to work it out to get stronger and to get better. 
But do you think that some people are just naturally more creative? Maybe, but I still think that, like, we don't see the behind the scenes of what creative people are doing. Because if you are creative or you you feel that desire to be creative, you're gonna practice more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, there's definitely some gifted people out there, but I still, I still stand by that it's all about practice. There's this really funny video on YouTube of Ed Sheeran on the Jonathan Ross show, and if you don't know who Ed Sheeran is, he's a singer, and it's really funny because in this interview, Jonathan Ross asks Ed Sheeran if he's always been talented or if he's always been able to sing, and Ed Sheeran is so honest, he just basically says, nope, (laughs) and then he plays a video of him Uh, when he was younger, playing the guitar and singing, and it sounds horrible. (laughs) It's really bad. And now he's like a household name. Everybody knows Ed Sheeran and that he's a great and talented singer, but he sure didn't start that way. And it just goes to show that you have to practice and you have to really study your art form if you want to get better. But there's also a difference between being talented and being creative. Okay, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like, does that, does that make sense? Like, no, what do you mean? I think that you, you just mentioned some people are born gifted. So okay. I think that there are some people who, are, who just have a, t- a natural talent and some people who have to work really hard for said talent. Okay. I think there are some people who, no matter how hard you try, you're not going to get as talented in a certain thing as somebody else might be. Yeah. So talent is related to a skill that you have creativity I feel like anybody can be creative because you can put creativity into anything you don't have to be skilled at something to be creative practicing being creative I feel like just helps you to to see the world in in a different way I don't know that does that make any sense it does yeah I'm having trouble grasping it but (laughs) it's there like I'm not I'm a terrible singer and I can practice and from the morning till the night and I might get a little better but I'm not gonna I'm never gonna be Beyonce no but but do you have to be Beyonce to be a good singer okay but is singing like I'm not saying that we all need to be Ed Sheeran and Beyonce I'm just saying that you can start out without natural talent and then practice to get to a point where you're proud and feel confident in a new skill I guess where I'm confused is you're using this video of Ed Sheeran singing as an example of what? (laughs) I don't know. Keep going. (laughs) As an example of practicing your creativity. But do you think that there's a way to sing without being creative? If you sing a song exactly how somebody else sang it, you're not being creative according to the definitions that we just gave. Okay. Creativity is either writing a song. That's... Or turning a song that already exists into something different, like making it sound different, singing it in a different way. Whoa. All right. You're like blowing my mind. Okay. (laughs) Because (laughs) this got way more complicated than I anticipated. (laughs) Okay. So are you saying that creativity is not a skill? Because I think that's where we're disagreeing or we're seeing different sides because I'm seeing creativity as something you can practice and get better at. And I think you're seeing it as just opening your mind to more possibilities. I would say, I don't know. How did we get here? (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm trying to think of a better way to describe what I'm trying to say. Those two things, creativity and honing a skill, coincide, or they can coincide, but just because I'm singing doesn't mean I'm being creative. Okay. 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 I think I follow you. So you're saying if you sing a song just like Beyonce, but in your own voice, that's not very creative. If I were to take a drawing and trace it, I'm not being creative. Is that what you're saying? Right. Okay. So most of the definitions that you gave don't really apply to just like singing a song that already exists, unless you're making a cover and you're doing it in your own, you're putting your own spin on it. Right. Well, the example of Ed Sheeran, he was writing his own music as a kid and singing it very badly. Okay. But practicing writing music is different from practicing singing because practicing writing music is like Uh. practicing... (laughs) (laughs) My mind... Okay. Wow, this is the first time we've like had like we've a weird argued. argument. Yeah, this is a weird <laughs> argument. <laughs> I'm curious to see if well, I'm curious to see one if our listeners agree with either one of us. Two, if our listeners are even understand understanding. what we're talking about. <laughs> okay, writing a song and singing a song are two uh, different things. Yes. Writing a song, A plus creative. It's totally creative. Yeah. Singing a song, you're being creative when you're deciding the notes to use or, you know, how long to hold a note or whatever, but just practicing making your vocal cords do the right thing, I wouldn't define that as creativity. That's just practicing your skill in singing. I feel like I did all the wrong research. Maybe we should just move on and see what else what else we can get into an argument about. Jeez Louise. <laughs> that was very unexpected. But interesting, I suppose. I guess that's what happens when you don't talk about your podcast before you turn on the microphone. Can you tell that we're winging it? <laughs> so, I don't know if, Jess, you ever feel this way, or listeners out there, but there are definitely times, especially if I've gone a while without painting or playing the guitar or playing the piano, or writing, where I will just suddenly get this burning, burning desire that I have to create, I have to do something creative right that second. Do you ever get that feeling? Yeah, I get that sometimes. I guess I just don't think of it in that way. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll be like, oh, I want to get up and I want to I want to dance right now, but I'm not thinking, oh, I want to I want to create a dance. You know what I mean? Hmm. Okay. I know for me, on my days off especially, if I have free time, I make sure to plan or to put on my to-do list that I want to create in whatever means possible. Or sometimes when inspiration strikes out of the blue, if I'm watching a TV show or I could be at that art museum for our alone time challenge, when mm-hmm. I got home, I was desperate to get a hold of some paintbrushes. I I have those sudden moments of inspired burning passion that I have to create. And I don't know if other people get that. I feel like they do. I'm sure people do, but I think that you are a very artistic person, so you're going to get that a lot more than some people are. Right. Like, and I think... I, I don't... I, I will get those feelings every now and then, but mm-hmm. I definitely don't get them as often as you do. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I think for me, I have such clear facets of creativity, art, music writing. So if I'm inspired by something, I can connect it to one of those three. And then that's what I have to run to. Mm -hmm. But I know sometimes 
if it's my day off and I think to myself at the beginning of the day, hey, I should definitely sit down and get some writing done or I should really sit down and work on a new art piece or practice my guitar, sometimes when I get the time, I just don't feel inspired and I just, it's like a chore. I feel like it's important to almost force yourself to be creative sometimes because you're not always going to be inspired. If you're only artistic or creative when you're inspired, then that's not consistent. And at least for me, in the way that I'm looking at creativity as something that you can hone and practice and work at, if you're only doing it when you're inspired, then it's very hard to work on that skill and really get better. No, I think this is where we're, we're getting confused. I agree that you can practice creativity. Okay. What I don't agree is that certain activities like singing are considered creativity. So you can practice being creative. Like if you're not inspired, you can still go and practice trying to come up with creative ideas and painting and writing or whatever medium you choose. But there's a difference between practicing creativity and practicing a skill in something else. Okay. Creativity itself can be a skill. Yeah, but there that's are certain, what I'm saying. But, but you're talking about, you were talking about singing, practicing singing being creative, but that's not always the case. Okay. Let's just move on. <laughs> so there are definitely times when I just don't feel creative, but I still sit down and I do my best. And a lot of times I surprise myself and sometimes it doesn't work out the way I want it to, but I still feel satisfied that I at least tried. So you're saying if, if I'm a writer and I'm, I've got writer's block, I mm -hmm. should just try to push through it? Definitely. Absolutely. Especially for writers. This quote by Shannon Hale I think about all the time. It says, I'm writing a first draft and reminding myself that I'm simply shoveling sand into a box so that later I can build castles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. So sometimes you just got to put in the work and go back. And when you are feeling creative and inspired, you can fix it or make it look pretty <laughs> but sometimes it's just about sitting down and putting in the work and putting in the effort to hone in a skill Jess <laughs> I think I mean I would say we have to just agree to disagree but it's more like we just have to agree to be confused about each other's opinions Okay. <laughs> I remember one thing that I really struggled with with my art teacher in high school is that he told us that we need to be willing to destroy our own art which I was horrified <laughs> when he talked about that. Basically, we would create something, we'd put a lot of work into it, we would get our grades on it, and then he'd be like, okay, good job, everybody, now paint over it. So we would have this beautiful canvas, and we would have to just paint it all black or something and just cover up our art and start over again. And I that was so painful I think first. that's a terrible idea. What if some of these famous painters, Van Gogh or Monet or whoever... I decided, oh, this starry night, it's okay, but it's not my best. I'm going to paint over it. Like, stop! <laughs> what if, what if, like, art is subjective. What if maybe you don't like it, but somebody else does? Okay, but let me give you this. Okay, Broadway shows, uh -huh. you know, Jess, your theater. Yeah. That is creative art, correct? Uh-huh. Okay, you go to see a Broadway show there's a million of them out there. They're never recorded as far as the public knows. So they go on stage, they're on stage for like however long they are, a year or two, and then it's gone from history forever. 
But you can hardly compare a painting with a Broadway show because those are completely different mediums. I know, but we're talking about art in general, aren't we? Yeah, like, but should art not... be temporary or should it be eternal? Okay, well, that's something different. Because you can't, I mean, a, a play being shown on Broadway is, isn't destroying it. It's just, <laughs> you know, it happened, it was great, people saw it, and mm-hmm. it, it could maybe show up later, again, somewhere else. Mm-hmm. With a painting, you paint over it and it's gone. But your question is, should art be temporary or should it be eternal? I don't know. I think I'm just <laughs> I think I'm just saying that I'm angry that they don't record Broadway shows. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this comes down That's to. What this comes this down is an to. appeal to Broadway. Please record, <laughs> Please your, record shows. your shows. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I just I really did want to bring up that point though about my art teacher in high school that he felt the need to teach us this lesson that we couldn't hang on to our art. And that was his point. He didn't want us to get attached to our own work. And he wanted us to be able to destroy it and start anew over and over and not get attached. Okay. You want to be able to continue on and not just get stuck on one painting or one piece of art and either obsess over it, trying to make it perfect, or being upset about the way it turned out. You don't want to get stuck in your past artwork. Mm -hmm. I think it was also about improving yourself because we would paint something and then paint over it and start again. And you'd learn a lesson every time. You'd get a little better with each painting. But wouldn't it be nice to be able to look at all of your paintings and see the progression? I don't know. Ask him. (laughs) (laughs) I just always... We need to bring him on here and argue with him. I think it's also interesting how no matter what art form it is, everyone has their own unique style. Yeah. We just looked at a bunch of paintings that have different styles. Yeah. And I think it's interesting how I feel like your art style can reflect who you are as a person. Me, for example, I love to draw and I love to sketch, but I am really bad at sketching things realistically because I always smooth out my lines. I always make everything curved or smooth it out. I'm very bad at using hard edges. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because I'm an optimist (laughs) and I don't like to see things cut and jagged. Okay. So I always just automatically just smooth everything out so I end up drawing things that are a little more like cartoony or Disney-fied which is not always my goal so it's frustrating for me to try to draw realistically because my personality is that I don't like my reality a lot of times and I live in a in a fantasy world <laughs> I think that's a really interesting observation about yourself that yeah. you're an optimist mm-hmm. like I would never would have thought like Oh, her lines are very smooth. She must be an optimist. I don't think about art that way. Mm -hmm. Also, I struggle with using dark colors. I don't like, if I'm doing a watercolor especially, I'll start really light, and I'm always telling myself, you gotta go darker, you gotta go darker. (laughs) But I'm afraid. (laughs) I'm afraid to go too dark. And I think that also says something about myself, that I like to keep things light and colorful, and I'm afraid to use dark colors. I'm trying to work out of it, but it's something that I've noticed over the years, and, you know, I really think on a deep level it says a lot about me. I do think one thing that we haven't really touched on yet is that no matter what the art form is or the creative endeavor that you are pursuing, I think it always takes some ounce of courage to do it. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to use another Office reference. There's an episode, I actually just watched this with my dad the other night, where Pam uh, has her art show. I love that episode. Oh, gosh. I just feel for Pam so much in that moment. (laughs) Because you can see in her expression the whole night that she is so nervous and she feels so vulnerable having her art displayed. And it's taking a lot of courage for her to put her art up there. Mm -hmm. But then it's so... It's so terrible because Oscar and his boyfriend (laughs) come up and look at her art while she's standing behind them, so they don't know that she's there, Mm -hmm. and one of them comments that real art takes courage, and Pam's art is at best motel art. (laughs) And that just kills me! Yeah. It kills me to hear that, because you can see in Pam's face that this took so much courage Mm -hmm. for her to put her art up there, no matter what it looked like. It took courage for her to put herself out there. And I think that goes for any art form or creativity. No matter what it looks like, there's always that ounce of courage that it takes to get it across. Mm -hmm. And would you say that the more courage you have, the more creative you can be? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Because I think that, and this is going to come up a little bit later in this article that we talk about, but if we censor ourselves... If we censor ourselves because we're afraid to say something in a song or put something on paper for in, in a writing project or a painting or something, just because we're afraid of what other people are going to think, then you're limiting your own creativity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think any form of art is kind of revealing a deeper part of you in some way or another. And it can be scary, but I think it's important. And the more that you do it, the more brave you'll become. This is backtracking a little bit, but I had this thought while I was thinking about creativity. There's creativity when it comes to being artistic, but then you can be creative just in your everyday life. Do you think that creativity is the opposite of being systematic? Because we were saying creativity is doing something that's not been done before or creating something that's new. And when you're being, when you're systematic, you're following a system that requires you to follow steps that are already laid out for you. Mm-hmm. And being creative is more about finding a new way to achieve a goal. I tend to be a very systematic person, so if if it's not broken, don't fix it, kind of a person. Mm-hmm. So if there are steps I can follow, and I don't need to change it, my automatic reaction is to just do what's already been done. Mm-hmm. But I also, in other ways, think I'm a very creative person, so I feel on this weird teetering line in between the two. Uh So do you think that it's just harder for me to be creative because because I like to be systematic and that's why, like, I'm going back to my question, is creativity the opposite of being systematic? I, uh, okay. I think I, I say yes to your question. Creativity is the opposite of being systematic. The, the thing is, when I take personality tests, often there, questions will come up like, do you prefer to think outside of the box or do the usual thing that everybody else does or something like that? Mm-hmm. And I want to say I want to be creative and be outside of the box, but my gut reaction is, oh, I want to stay in the safe zone and just do what's already been done and do what I know works. Right. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but Jess, I think it's important to note that, you know, it's good to follow steps and, you know, be logical, 
But I think a big part of creativity is when you're thrown something unexpected is that you can handle it and come up with solutions Mm -hmm. in a creative way. And I think you're good at that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being logical, but I think creativity can be called upon in emergency situations, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) But I also think we should be... We should look for opportunities to be creative, even when it's not an emergency. Yeah, I think maybe that's where you can try to stretch yourself. Try to practice my creativity. Yes, (laughs) hone in on your skill. (laughs) (laughs) So this brings us to an article that I found, creativityworkshop.com. This is written by Shelley Burke. It's called Creativity in Everyday Life. So I came up with my definition of creativity, and then I read what she put, and it was basically what I was trying to say, but in a lot better words. Okay. So she says, Why is creativity important in everyday life? Simply put, it is because it makes life infinitely interesting and fulfilling. Creativity is a way of living life that embraces originality and makes unique connections between seemingly disparate ideas. Creativity is about living life as a journey into seeing and communicating the extraordinaries of the simplest, most everyday acts. We often think about creativity as making something, but in fact, the root meaning of the word means to grow. Okay, so I love this, that it's so ironic that we think of creativity as creating something from nothing, or you're creating something outside of yourself. At least, I don't know if we'll agree on this, but (laughs) my vision of creativity is you're creating a piece of art, singing a song that you wrote, you're coming up with a solution Mm -hmm. to something happening Mm -hmm. over here. Yeah. Okay? (laughs) But I love that her definition is not about what's going on over here. It's about, it's actually what's happening on the inside. And I just think that's so interesting because we think of creativity as something that you're adding to the world, but it's actually something that you're changing within yourself. Hmm. I think that concept fits really well into our podcast and just the theme, the overall theme of Endeavor. Mm -hmm. We want to use our creativity to find new ways to grow ourselves in the world and and to add to the world. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be artistic or you don't have to do something quote unquote artistic to be creative and to, to make that growth happen. So if I'm at work and I need, you know, like you were saying, if you need a, a new solution to something about, if I'm at work and something's not working, I can come up with a new way to do it. And that is creativity. Mm-hmm. And I think that just, there are ways in your everyday life to look at the world differently and look at it through a creative lens and, to discover new things through those methods. So this article lists several things that you can do to express your creativity in everyday life. Her first suggestion is to make your immediate surroundings as beautiful or eccentric as you can. Experiment with your sense of color, texture, and line. The unexpected can jolt you out of complacency and into inspiration. I've had some paint samples on my wall for probably about three or four years now, and it's almost become a work of art in itself. It's just some paint samples that I thought I would paint my room, but, um... You don't relate to this one as much. No, I I see what she's saying, though, that it's important to change up your environment to inspire you, but I also feel like it's important to have a comfortable space to be to think of wild and crazy ideas somewhere that is solid but you just touched on inspiration and some of those some of those changes can inspire you yeah i don't know works for some people maybe doesn't for others i might paint my room someday (laughs) (laughs) 
Her next suggestion is go somewhere new, as close as a restaurant you've never tried, or as far as China. <laughs> hey, well, we sort of did that. Yeah, we'll talk <laughs> about that in a in a future episode, I'm sure. But traveling is definitely definitely a way to expand your horizons and find new ways to be creative. Even our alone time, though, just going somewhere new. Mm-hmm. Even like right down the street. You're is... just being creative with your day. Like yeah. instead of doing <gasps> your normal thing, it's like, okay, oh. I'm going to go do something different. Yeah, absolutely. Our next one is spend 10 minutes a day daydreaming out the window. Uh, I love that. Please, <laughs> if I could get like <laughs> on my schedule, <laughs> 10 minutes of looking out a window. I will say I almost made this our challenge for this coming week, but I did not. Oh my gosh. I um, would have loved that. Well, just do it anyway. I mean, I basically <laughs> I do. feel like this would be difficult for some people, including me, because it's just hard to focus. Oh, Anytime gosh, I no. try to well, to daydream, <laughs> I'll, like, I'll, I'll start thinking about something, but then I often will fall back to thinking about something practical or thinking about something mm. that I need to do. Oh, I mean, I get that sometimes, but... What I miss the most since I've gotten my driver's license is being the passenger in a car. Since you've gotten your... You make it sound like you just got your driver's (laughs) license. (laughs) It was a long time ago. So it's been like... It's been 10 years since I've had my driver's license. But the biggest thing that I miss about the time before I had it was being the passenger in a car because I loved sitting in a car and just looking out the window and daydreaming. And I can't do that while I'm driving because it gets a little (laughs) dangerous, but... (laughs) I really miss that. I miss sitting on the bus going to school and I would literally just look out the window and daydream the whole time. And it was so refreshing and so inspiring. I like to daydream while I'm falling asleep. Unfortunately, I fall asleep very quickly. I was going to say, I can't do that. (laughs) I daydream for about 30 seconds and I'm out. (laughs) All right, here's, here's a throwback to our earlier conversation. She says, don't censor yourself period doesn't give any other explanation Hmm. and I think that's interesting because again I think when we censor ourselves we're really limiting our creativity Mm -hmm. what does she mean by that though I think that's what she means like if you're censoring yourself you're you're limiting where your mind can go okay you're talking about practically like if you're painting don't censor yourself right what does that mean if I'm a painter if you're a painter and you think of something you want to paint but you're afraid it's gonna that somebody's gonna see it the wrong way or somebody's not gonna like it so then Mm -hmm. you don't do it Hmm. I feel you want to trust your gut okay I feel that in my writing sometimes yeah I'm just like oh people are gonna judge me if I put this in there Mm -hmm. or people are gonna wonder where I got the inspiration for that so yeah yeah, so don't censor yourself just because you're afraid of what other people are gonna think I think that's what she's saying okay okay I really love this one Slow down your perceptions so you savor them. That means eat slowly and taste your food. Look closely at the flowers in the garden. Spend time writing down and drawing your perceptions. You know what this reminds me of? What? This reminds me of the scene in Ratatouille, Ratatouille. where Remy, <laughs> yes. like, he takes a bite of a cheese yeah. and he's, like, thinking of this, like, musical instrument. I don't remember what it was. Uh-huh. And then he takes a bite of, like, a berry or something. Uh-huh. And th- that's a different instrument. And uh-huh. then he takes a bite of both of them. Uh-huh. And it just creates this symphony. And he's just, he looks like he's so inspired. But that's what that made me think of. And I love that idea, you know, slowing down and really paying attention to your perceptions. Yeah, I feel like I need to practice this because I think I move too fast sometimes through the world. 
this was also almost my challenge, but I thought it would be weird to be like, your challenge for next week is to slow down and taste your food. (laughs) That would be a little strange. (laughs) Believe in and follow your what ifs. What if I was an amazing writer? What if I could make a revolutionary (laughs) spaceship? What if when I walk across a room, it feels like I'm floating? This is a good point that she makes because... This is basically saying, think about life in a different way, or imagine things in a different way. What are the possibilities if those things were to happen or be possible? She also suggests to take a notebook and a pen around wherever you go. Don't over-criticize yourself. Make up visualizations in which you observe yourself imagining and creating effortlessly. Just do it. This is what you were talking about earlier. Creativity is a muscle. (laughs) Do it! Make your dreams come true! (laughs) Shia LaBeouf, in case you're confused. We need need to give him credit for that. (laughs) He was inspired. Do it! Creativity is a muscle. Use it or lose it. Dance, draw, brainstorm, change your life. Wow, we just got really intense. Thanks, Shia LaBeouf. This is like what Paige was saying earlier. Just, you know, even if you're feeling like you're stuck in a rut, if you've got writer's block, just Just do do it! it! (laughs) Here's one of my favorites. She says, collaborate creatively with like-minded friends. Write a journal together, make a quilt, design a new play space, choreograph a dance piece, start a new business. That's what we've been missing. We're not making quilts together. Man... (laughs) Next challenge. Next challenge, make a quilt. (laughs) This, guys, this all comes back to camaraderie. It does. Get a group of people, join our tribe. Yes, let's make a quilt. Let's. This is this is such a good opportunity. Like, okay, Paige and I, this is this podcast isn't a business, but that's what it made me think of. It says start a business. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we have such a great creative outlet in what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. But we want to bring as many people into this as possible. So that's why we want our listeners to get into a dialogue with us. We want to be able to put out more quests, our little mini episodes. Yeah. We want we want to make this a group effort. We want to all be creative together because collaborating with other people multiplies your creativity. Or Ooh. it can. Yes. Obviously, there are times where you need to be creative by yourself because it's easier to focus. No, but I think that's that's a huge point that you just said, that collaborating multiplies creativity in yourself and in each other. Definitely. Mm-hmm. It's how some of the greatest inventions come to be. Mm-hmm. People just, they work together. Yeah, and I think sometimes you can get stuck in a bubble and you think, you know, I need to do this myself. I need to figure this out on my own. I need to be the master of this artwork. I need to be the author of this new novel. And you just... (laughs) Mine, mine, mine. Mine, mine, mine. And you think, I need the credit for this, so I need to do it all by myself. And sometimes I get stuck in that thought process. I just feel like I need to create this whole world and I it's all up to me and it's so intimidating Mm -hmm. to think that way and my biggest fear sometimes though is I'm afraid to share with people because I'm afraid what they'll think of me I'm afraid they're gonna steal it or (laughs) 
you know, I'm afraid. Can I just say that time that you tried that you wanted me to proofread part of the book that you've written? Yeah. And you were like, destroy this after you're done. <laughs> Delete it. Yes. Don't let anybody. Yeah. Don't let it fall into the wrong hands. Uh, it's <laughs> horrifying, and yeah, it's always because I'm afraid of judgment, or I'm afraid that someone will steal it and take credit for it, and both of those would break my heart, and. But obviously that's something that's different from collaborating with somebody. If you're writing a book with someone, that's different from somebody literally stealing your work. <laughs> well, definitely. <laughs> obviously. But even just working with someone or having a writing group where you sit down and you're all working on different things, it's scary to share your own work because of those two things. At least for me, I'm scared people will judge me or I'm afraid that they're going to be taking notes and turning it to their own thing. And mm-hmm. then... You know, that's like my baby that they just stole from me. (laughs) So I understand why it's scary, but it's also something that if you live in your own world and you live in your own bubble, it's it's not going to get you anywhere. You're you're really not going to grow because you're hoarding your art forms to yourself. Well, she lists a couple other things, but I think that's a great note to end on. She does say... Remember the words of Samuel Beckett on the secret to lifelong creativity. Fail, fail again, fail better. Mm -hmm. So that goes back to don't censor yourself. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there and be as creative as you can be. And if your project just falls on its face, it's fine. Right. Just try again. Paint over it. Yeah. Delete it from Broadway. Burn it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And listeners, if you have some art or some creative endeavor that you're working on and you want to share with us and you'd be comfortable with it, we would love to share your work on our Instagram and put your art out there for the world to see and for us to celebrate with you. Agreed. All right, so maybe to help you start on your creative endeavors this week, I am going to issue a challenge. Oh my gosh. All right. I don't know if you've ever heard of mind maps. Nope. This is something that I learned about a while ago, but I've never actually tried it. So a mind map is basically a method to get all of your thoughts down on paper. Mm-hmm. So if you if you have a creative idea, the concept of a mind map is you you put your creative idea in the center of this page. Okay. You circle it. And now you want to expand on this idea, so you branch off onto different sub-ideas, and then those sub-ideas branch off into other ideas. Okay. If you go to literally just mindmapping.com, you can see some examples of some mind maps and also get a better explanation, because for some reason I'm just not good at explaining things. So on mindmapping.com, they say, Mind mapping is a highly effective way of getting information in and out of your brain. It's a creative and logical means of note-taking and note-making that literally maps out your ideas. All mind maps have some things in common. They have a natural organizational structure that radiates from the center and uses lines, symbols, words, color, and images according to simple, brain-friendly concepts. I'm going to encourage you to explore mindmapping.com. They kind of tell you, I think that they're trying to sell some kind of digital way to do this, but you can just take a piece of paper and map it out. I'm just picturing this being come up with a creative idea, whether you're a writer, whether you're a painter, whether you want to come up with a a new way to look at life or a project that you want to start. Mm -hmm. Just come up with something that you want to expand on. Put it in the center and then just map out your ideas and 
at the end, your your mind map should look kind of like a spider's web. Uh-huh. It should help you see the big picture of where your idea, your creative idea, will possibly go. So, Paige, I don't know if you will do this, but I know for you being a writer uh-huh. and wanting to write a book, you can write like the the basic concept of your book in the center of the page, right. and then you're branching off to different scenes that maybe you think of because I know I've tried to write before and when I do that I'll, I'll have these separate ideas for scenes or things that are going to happen but I don't know how to connect them mm-hmm. so you have all these ideas you write them on your map and you you can it's easier to connect these things if you see them on a map mm-hmm. I feel like the way that you're describing this is that whatever's in the center is a goal correct it can be Okay, so I can see if you're feeling very artistic or quote-unquote creative, you can have something in there that's a project that you want to work on. But I also see that you could have it be something very practical. Like another thing that I would possibly want to put in the center is buying a house. Mm -hmm. And then I can branch off with things that I need to do or think about or put in order or things that I want in my house. Exactly. Yeah. So even if maybe your initial idea isn't quote-unquote artistic or creative, Mm -hmm. you're still being creative by creating this map Mm -hmm. and putting your thoughts where you can see them. So again, (laughs) do whatever you want with this challenge. The point is to hopefully just learn something new about yourself or about your goals. Mm -hmm. This episode was quite the roller coaster. We started with an argument. (laughs) I know. Someone, like, takes sides. We need need some teams out there. We need, okay, I need somebody to tell me that I'm not crazy. (laughs) Can someone, yeah, can someone explain to us what we were arguing? (laughs) I still don't even know. I think Jess, we gotta take this outside right now. Me and you. (laughs)